0: Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Ted Dillon, Director of Marketing for Clean Energy Ventures, a VC firm that invests in early-stage technologies that help mitigate climate change. Ted, it's great to have you on the show. Jeremy, nice to meet you. Thanks so much. So tell us about Clean Energy Ventures. What are you guys all about?
1: Right, so at Clean Energy Ventures, uh, we invest in early stage climate tech startups. And what what's true about all the startups we invest in is each one of them has the potential to mitigate two and a half gigatons of CO two emissions or equivalent between now and 2050, which is you know part of our challenge to help but uh, meet our agreements as part of the Paris Climate Accord. And then you know all of our investments can provide strong venture capital returns. So that's to say. You know, we're not an impact fund, we're not a philanthropic organization, we're a traditional venture capital firm that actually believes that the most successful companies over the next 30 years will be those that can mitigate more greenhouse gases and vice versa, that the companies that can mitigate more greenhouse gases will actually be more financially successful. So we invest in clean energy uh, startups, pretty broadly defined. So anything that has to do with the production or, or use of energy in the climate tech space, falls under our wheelhouse. So those are some things that are you know, maybe more expected, like coatings for solar panel glass to convert blue photons to red, to make solar panels dramatically more efficient. And some things that are more surprising, like we have a, an investment in a carbon fiber that's made from 50% recycled material and actually makes carbon fiber thermally conductive. So you can do things you couldn't do with carbon fiber before, like build wind turbine blades or replace the steel and aluminum in jet engines so that planes are 30% lighter and use 30% less jet fuel. So it's kind of an exciting space to be in and we've got a you know an interesting breadth of companies for for such a specific thesis. Yeah, really really
0: cool and now I'm no expert but a gigaton sounds like a lot.
1: Gigaton is a billion tons of CO2. So to, to give you a sense of the, the problem at large, you know, our emissions budget between now and 50, 2050 to keep emissions below 1.5 degrees Celsius is some, somewhere about a thousand gigatons. So our help, our hope in our portfolio is by making sure that every one of our investments has the potential to reduce two and a half gigatons, our collective portfolio can actually make a, a measurable dent in helping to reduce greenhouse gas emissions so we can meet those goals
0: indeed so it's your job to tell the story to engage with your audience so let's start right there who is the audience you're trying to engage
1: so my director of marketing title is i think in some ways slightly misleading because i I really have a two-part role so i spend about 70 percent of my time working directly with our portfolio companies after we invest to help them look and act like the billion dollar companies we want them to become. So I can talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but the, then the remainder sure. of my role, you know, 30 or 40% of my time is spent helping to promote clean energy ventures and, and build our brand. So, you know, when I'm talking about clean energy ventures and marketing ourselves as an organization where we have really three important audiences, one would be entrepreneurs. So the people that we want to invest in those, you know, te- typically technology minded, mission-oriented founders who've spent the past three or four years building something really fantastic and now need to commercialize it. A second important audience for Clean Energy Ventures is co-investors. So often enough, we're investing alongside other venture capital firms that may have less expertise in this space or may be part of our peer set. We're also often co-investing with large multinational organizations that are trying to disrupt their own value chains. So, you know, large oil and gas players who understand that renewable energy and clean energy is the future and are trying to transform their business models, large automakers, aerospace manufacturers, materials companies, all these different types of companies will often co invest with us because they understand the value that we bring to understand these startups and help nurture these, and grow these startups. And then the third audience for us would be our our current and future limited partners. So those are the investors, the pension funds and the endowments and the institutional investors, the family offices who invest in venture capital funds, who actually put their money to work, who are really our our core customers and that we're deploying their money uh, to see a venture capital grade return. Then on the other Mm -hmm. side of my job, on the kind of operating role side where I I'm a stand-in VP of marketing or CMO for lots of these portfolio companies, the audiences can be very different. So it could be, you know, electric utilities, it could be large automakers, the aerospace industry, it could be Fortune five hundred companies that are trying to understand how to report on ESG and decarbonize their their footprint, down to HVAC contractors and in some cases the public in general.
0: Okay, really interesting. So you have a lot going on, and the three audiences that you described that, that that clean energy ventures is reaching out to are obviously related but quite different in a lot of ways. So, what are some of your biggest challenges in juggling all of this and cutting through the noise to connect with the different groups of people that you're trying to engage?
1: great question. So on the entrepreneur side, what's really challenging I think for a venture capital organization is to try and differentiate your dollars, right? So at the end of the day, an entrepreneur with a really promising technology, particularly in today's market which is very competitive from a venture capital standpoint and and growing count there's a growing competition on the climate tech side. Um you know, $1 isn't necessarily the same as another dollar even though it may look that way. So the biggest challenge for us with entrepreneurs is how do we differentiate ourselves from other investors' money that, that they might take? So, you know, we try to do that mostly through what makes us different. So, part of that is mission alignment. So, the idea that we have a, a two and a half gigaton cumulative uh, emissions reduction number is something that often stands out to entrepreneurs because it aligns with their mission orientation. And then our very hands on post investment involvement in companies is also something that helps differentiate our dollars. So, you know, for example, my role in helping companies look and act like billion-dollar organizations is part of that. And then we have several other services, too, that we provide post-investment. So that's one really big challenge on the on the entrepreneur side is how to differentiate from competition. On the investor side, you know, the larger ESG, right, environmental, social, and governance area of investing is just coming out of infancy. And there's still lots of unknowns. So lots of large investors, whether that's a multinational organization or a large pension or endowment, are trying to understand how can they put their dollars to work to make the world a better place from a climate and environment perspective. Um, And so a lot of what the challenge that I have and that we have as a team is how to educate those investors, those people responsible for distributing dollars. How can we educate them about the role venture capital and, and climate tech investing plays in their larger journey to, to have impact with their dollars.
0: Okay. Let's dig into that a little bit more. How do you do that then? How, what are your strategies
1: for, for educating them? Yeah. So we have our three managing directors have been investing in the climate tech and clean energy space, basically since the term clean tech was founded in the early 2000s. So we have a lot of knowledge within our organization and within our leadership about, how Clean Tech 1.0 came to be, so how those first you know, wind turbines and solar panels came to market, and then how that's transitioned now to much more mainstream investing space. So a lot of the way that we to provide that education is really through putting our leaders on a platform and giving them an opportunity to you know, speak at conferences, to do writing that gets published in other publications and on our own website, uh, to really talk about how investors can think about the world of putting their dollars to work. So, what are the what are the challenges in measurement? The type, what are the challenges in finding and diligencing promising deals? How do you know that something you're investing in now that needs to have an impact over the next 25 years is is going to be successful in doing that? Those are the types of questions that lots of investors have, and because we've been working in this space for so long, we really just we use our experts to provide perspective and answer some of those questions.
0: Okay. Makes sense. And what about for the other audience, for the entrepreneurs who you're trying to convince that our dollars are the ones that you, that you want? What's the strategy there?
1: So really, it's a very face-to-face and hands-on industry. So the role that marketing plays, I think, is very much through engagement with incubators and accelerators and at community events where these entrepreneurs are also looking for guidance and support. Right so any entrepreneur who's coming out of a lab or coming uh, whether that's a national lab or a university and has a special technology like a new battery technology a new advanced material you know a new process for heating or cooling they're looking for guidance on how to take that technical acumen and that that special sauce that they have throughout their career and turn it into a real com- commercial acumen so how do I take that out of the lab and turn it into a business and hire dozens of people And create a cash flow positive business that can access different types of capital. You know, can potentially go public and become that billion dollar company. And so, I spend a lot of time helping us get to those events and then engage and be part of those communities. So, you know, we sit on advisory boards for some of the most prominent accelerators and incubators in the clean tech space. We're regularly attending, particularly virtually in the last year as well. Then, you know, the types of industry events that are happening in climate tech where these entrepreneurs are coming together. There's also, you know, right now there's a massive flood of talent coming into the climate tech world. So many people, I think over the last 18 months have decided that they want to leave whatever careers they were in and dedicate their expertise and Mm -hmm. their talent to trying to solve the problem of climate change, right? So there's a massive influx of, of talent and intellectual capital in this space, but many people are still learning the ropes for how the ins and outs of climate tech specifically work and where within this space they can provide their expertise. So a lot of our history in this space is a real asset in how we market because we can put ourselves um, on a platform and say, we've been doing this for a long time. This is how we slice the pie. These are what we think are the important challenges. This is what we think you need to believe to be true, to invest your time and your money here.
0: Okay, really interesting. And you know something you said really resonates with me. We talk a lot about this on this podcast is that, Digital marketing is in many ways driven by data and analytics, right? as it should be, that the data can really help you understand and dig deeper into what's working and and so on. But at the end of the day, there are actual flesh and blood human beings behind the data. And you have to figure out a way to connect with people one-on-one, especially, I think, as you're describing your industry, that you're going to these incubators and conferences and meeting people face-to-face and having conversations with them. And at the end of the day, there's really no replacing that in terms of making that kind of real connection that's going to lead to working together.
1: Yeah, I think what's so different in the B2B marketing space, which I think I'm very solidly rooted in, whether that's promoting clean energy ventures or uh, helping our portfolio companies look and act like billion-dollar companies, is it is very human. It is very one-on-one. Many of the portfolio companies that I uh, support on a regular basis are engaging an audience like utilities, of which they may only have a few thousand people that are really relevant to their to sales in their business over the next three to four years. That's a, such a small audience. It's hard to get a critical mass of digital analytics to really help you understand how to better engage with those players. A lot of it is about spending the time understanding the psychographics of those audiences, and then finding ways to engage individuals on in a real meaningful way. So that, that kind of intersection of sales and marketing that, uh, is an, a really important inflection point here. It's really about how can marketing craft a narrative that's going to be as compelling as possible, and then how can, that, how can the sales team or the business development team take that narrative to those community events and to those individuals and craft it around their specific problem. That's a lot of where this B2B, you know, kind of communications focuses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Ted, final thoughts, based on your experience, based on our discussion, what's something that your colleagues in marketing and communications can start doing today right now to improve how they're engaging with their audience?
1: So I think if you're a B2B marketer, and one of the tools that I think we use a lot is engaging in those communities, and particularly during the time of COVID and over the last 18 months, I've found a lot of new engaging online communities. So things like Slack, I would actually consider Slack to almost be a social media tool these days, where there are so many different Slack workspaces being created that aren't just your company, but are your community. I would say find and engage with those as much as you can, because you can make that one-on-one personal connection and have that megaphone at the same time in places like that in a way that you really can't quite do the same on, on a LinkedIn or a Twitter right now.
0: Okay, great insight. Well, Ted, thanks so much for a really engaging conversation.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. That's it
0: for this episode of Engage Your Tribe.